0: Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Internato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross. He's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer. He's a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Go to our YouTube channel and you can look up uh, Joe Ross's uh, podcast. Great podcast. Um, We have a bunch of other podcasts up there. More recently, um, Army lacrosse coach Joe Aberisi was on. Um, Great to talk to Joe and the lacrosse team is really uh having a good season so far so check those out and uh man it's been a while since we had uh, a former football player on the podcast it's great to get back at it and we have uh barrett scruggs on this morning barrett thanks so much for joining us yeah my pleasure great to be here thanks for having me yeah we were talking before and it you know just um when we start these podcasts, we like to talk about your path to West Point and, uh, you know, how you got there, maybe your recruiting story, so to speak. And uh, can you take us back to what that was like? Uh, because, um, you know, these days with like the huddles and stuff, maybe it was a little it's a little different now than it was before. Maybe how you got found. And, you know, it seems like you came from a pretty good program, too, in Florida.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in uh, in Tampa, Florida uh and it was i think my recruiting journey started in 2002 or 2003 somewhere in that time frame right towards the end of it i think my my senior season um before that you know i went to a school called uh plant high school um and we had you know a a decent program so we had a few guys getting recruited um, by some top schools like USC, LSU, Michigan State, Georgia Tech. And so we had a ton of recruiters coming down to school and checking out, uh, checking us out during practice and, and games. And so that helped certainly, I think, boost my, my coverage. But to your point, this was 2000s, the early 2000s. Uh, Twitter wasn't really a thing. We didn't have, you know, huddle and that type of technology to kind of post our film. So, you know, it was my dad up in the stands filming us with an old uh, video camera and then me having to splice together film tape and shipping it off uh, is how I kind of added to my exposure. Um, So fast forward, it's the end of my senior year. Uh, we had an okay season. We finished, you know, uh, I think one game above, above 500, not not how we wanted to end. Wasn't getting a ton of interest from big schools. Um, and then all of a sudden, this guy named uh, John Mumford uh, came, came around to the high school um, and started recruiting me. Uh, John was the D-line coach under Todd Berry at the time, and he had the Florida region. And, uh, you know, I think we just instantly hit it off. Uh, I could tell he was a genuinely good person. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to sugarcoat what was going on in the world at that point in time. Uh, and I think he really made an impression on my parents as well. Uh, and so, uh, when I, when I finally got the invite to come up for an official visit to the school, uh, I stepped one foot on campus and instantly fell in love. Um, mm-hmm. I had known, Oh, yeah. I had known something about, you know, the academies. I was in the Boy Scouts when I was younger. And a lot of the parents and the fathers were Naval Academy grads. And so I think my dad early on when I was like 10 or 11, I think, was pushing me to think about academies. Uh, I also think he didn't want to pay for college. So it was, a you know, a good a good way for him to avoid that. Uh, and so I stepped one front of campus and instantly fell in love. Um, and it was both, the I think, the setting of West Point as well as the, the, the men or the the young men at that point in time that I met on that trip that really convinced me. Um, and that's where it all began.
0: Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about that too what, the the visit right and who you meet in the former football uh, the football players that are currently there that talk to you about the experience and how um, do you do you remember who it was for you who really uh, gave you a, a picture of what your four years there might be like?
1: So my host was Greg Washington uh mm. um phenomenal person individual yeah. man um and i think that kind of cemented it for me so i actually it was it was greg washington ryan kent um was hosting somebody else but we spent a lot of time together um and i think those are the two that really stood out uh and i i saw them and i said i want to be like them and, and that was that was pretty much it
0: yeah um greg washington's been on the podcast really it just it was was doing amazing things when we had him on the podcast just a former right. captain um of the football team just a great great guy um so when you're like you said your dad throws the idea maybe you know when you're going to the when you're going through high school is that even a thought uh when you're when you're or is the does like you said, just john Mumford just coming to the picture and then comes into fruition so to speak
1: yeah honestly it, when i was playing football at plant it never crossed my mind uh, playing at the academy uh never came up and up until the point john came into the picture um and it's not because i didn't you know i watched the army navy game i think every year again i had a bunch of uh family friends who were uh, academy grad and so like i knew of it but it never crossed my mind um and it wasn't until I think John came in the picture uh, that it really, he really kind of opened up my eyes um, to what the institution can offer, uh,
0: what the team was doing, uh, and that's what convinced me. Yeah, John Humphrey was a guy, right? When um, love him, he was he was a defensive line coach uh, under Barry, and then when Barry was like, oh, he took over the team, and then when right. they hired a new coach, he stayed on. You know, he he was one of the coaches that stayed on, so he was very well respected. A guy who just kind of like you said told it like it was and uh man a a lot of uh i know i know there's a lot of former football players at home in pretty high regard um what's your what's your early experiences like at west point as far as maybe as a cadet and going through beast and then what about on the football team because you know when you go to army it's a little bit different than other division one schools uh you know the service academy football where the rosters are pretty expanded right and you mm-hmm. have to work your way up to the top i mean you'll just uh show up and uh you know get get your opportunities sometimes at west point so
1: that's right i think um f- from my experience coming in as, as a plebe onto the team it was challenging i mean i think and again i had a bunch of friends that were kind of starting their same college football journey out of the programs mm-hmm. And when I told them what I was going through, going have to go through, um, you know, beast barracks and all that stuff, these guys were out there training with their football teams in the in the summer. Uh, and then once I get into the season, just telling them about all the things I had to do, the 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 basically chores that I was doing every morning, delivering papers and laundry and all that stuff, they just, they just couldn't believe it. So they're definitely, I think, you know, added um, added challenges, uh, but I think that also kind of shapes the experience. Um, and I think, um, you know, I'm not gonna and I sit here and tell you that I didn't think about leaving the academy at some point, I think everyone does. Um, yeah. But I think, again, what convinced me to stay was the people that were around me. I think the guys uh, that I came, um, that I joined the team with, uh, my incoming class, I think are the ones that um, really convinced me to me to stay. Um, and so I had a little bit better experience as well. You know, I didn't get, I didn't go to the prep school. I went straight in, mm-hmm. and I got some kind of early special teams playing time. So I was able to travel a little bit and, and get off campus. <laughs> I'm cut my hands, you know, walk around like a normal person for a little bit, wear like normal clothes. So that was certainly helpful. Um, But no, it's a different experience. And I think you just have to know that going into I think I knew that to an extent. I don't think anything can fully prepare you for it, but I kind of knew what I should expect. Um, It was tough. It was challenging. But I think that at the end of the day, the the guys that were around me uh, made it all worthwhile.
0: No doubt. And that was back when uh, – Army was playing in Conference USA back then. So, I mean, it was a little bit different, right? I mean, you were – because, you know, every year, you know, yeah, Army playing Air Force and Navy are your the common opponents nowadays, right? And sometimes you have series for multiple years. But back then, I mean, yeah, it was a rotating schedule in the Conference USA, but you were seeing some of the same teams, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that you were playing. And it was – what was – for you going into that, what was that like? Because, you know, that was different for your era of an Army football player playing in, in, in conference play, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and don't let's not forget, conference USA at that point in time was pretty good. uh I mean, we had Louisville, you had USF, you had, I think, a good UAB team that had Roddy White uh, as their as their wide receiver. So we had, I mean, some some good teams. And I think that point in time, I think Navy was independent still. I think Air Force uh, was already in a conference. But, like, we were in a tough schedule. Um, There were were no down games uh, in our schedule at that point in time. And I think uh, when I first hit the field, I remember, I think, I forget who we're starting at the time, but somebody got hurt. I had to go in for a snap. And I'm a freshman and I'm probably undersized. I had like lost a ton of weight in uh, Beast Barracks. I'm not, you know, not kind of fully back up to where I was, but I get in and it was so fast. Like the game just moved at like hyper speed. Um, And I remember to myself, wow, I have to to get better if I want to compete at this level. Um, And that was like, I think the first kind of uh, realization that this is not high school anymore this is a a bigger league and you have to be better and work harder if you want to not only just play, but be good and win. Um, And so, yeah, I think it was tough. There were no down games. We were were working our butts off every single week to prepare for really, really good teams. Um, Challenging year, obviously that year. Uh, But I think also that next year when, because we were still comfortable to say my my, uh, yuck year as well, that year when we beat Cincinnati, I mean, it was the best feeling in the world. Right. It was, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I can't compare it to like the big house or like one of the other big stadiums. But the way that stadium rocked um, was just, you know, I'll never forget it. Um, and it was like a, this cathartic, you know, energy in the stadium uh, after we got that win. Um, so we, we worked hard for it and uh, we were proud of what we did.
0: Yeah, you forget you you almost forget that Cincinnati was also a part of that conference USA. Yeah, uh, East right. Carol- East Carolina, right? Was was a team that you guys played often? And I mean, when you when you talk about, because I wanted to ask you about like your first, what what was the first? You you pretty much answered your first realization that hey, I'm playing college football at a big time level, right? Mm-hmm. And with all with all due respect, there. I mean, I don't know if you guys played too many one A's on your schedule during the conference USA times. Um, you know, sometimes Army's playing multiple one uh, aa uh, A teams in the schedule. Sometimes because you know FBS teams don't want to play Army anymore. You know, they just well you know a team like Tennessee doesn't want to play Army. You know, on their schedule, like mm-hmm. and they'll 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 buy them out. But I, I, you mentioned Roddy White, and I was just going to ask you maybe. Um, Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but what, like, who was the more, maybe not the toughest, but who do you think was the, you know, uh, as far as an opponent who you played, who do you think was the best guy you ever went up against, uh, you know, on the opposite side when you played an Army? Oh, wow. That's a, (sighs) that's a tough one. I mean,
1: so we played BC when Matt Ryan was there. Great. We played Notre Dame when um uh god space on his name the quarterback brady quinn uh when brady quinn was there and they had a that a squad um but honestly though if i think back to earlier on too when we played tcu i think all four years uh i was at um the academy and they had a running back tandem that was just punishing uh they were good um so, and this was this was like pre-TC, like pre kind of big time TCU. They hadn't yeah. kind of reached that national prominence yet, but still really, really good teams. Um, let's see. Baylor, we played Baylor uh, and actually beat them in overtime, uh, but there weren't big names. Like, I think that was a year or two before RG3 uh, got there. So yeah, we yeah. played... Yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned ECU and i space on the guy's name, but I mean, the running back that we played against at ECU, um, like all time running back uh, in the NFL, uh, played for the Titans for a while in spacing on his name. But oh, Chris we, Johnson, Chris Johnson. Jonathan, thank you very much. Yeah. We played a ton wow. of, I mean, we played a ton of good players, like a pl- ton of, I mean, the guys we went up against, like these weren't like, you know, uh, low caliber guys. These were NFL guys.
0: Um, and it was tough. Yeah, I mean, you think, wow. I mean, it's a, every week you probably had like an almost like an NFL type like prospect to prepare against. Exactly. I'm guessing
1: every right? every single week, every single week.
0: That's that's crazy. Um, so so your fresh your freshman year, you say you get into a couple steps. You play special teams. Your sophomore year, um, you get you get into a little bit more playing time. The playing time increases a little bit. And talk about that transition to becoming, you know, um fighting for playing time so to speak and then getting a chance to start your junior year talk about what that was like and what what kind of maybe that spring you know into the fall was like for you
1: yeah so i think first off you know the the guys in the in the linebacker uh, room were all super supportive of each other right so it was competitive but we wanted to see each other succeed um and that made a world of difference right so you know we would spend you know, time before and after practice, watching film together, doing board work, trying to figure out, you know, matchups and tendencies, etc. So we were really supportive of each other. And that that was helpful, um, and a lot of that was led by Greg Washington and those older guys, Brian Hill, who like, really led that. I think room and and wanted to make sure that the entire room is prepared because they knew they could go down at any moment, and they wanted the next guy to be ready to step up and play, uh, and they took that. Um, I think upon themselves to do so along with the coach and I think that carried forward to my, uh, myself and, and guys like Cason uh when we were uh, the senior guys in, in the linebacker room. Uh, so that was, that was the first thing. I think the second thing is, you know, the, the way you, I think, train a pair changed um, uh, in the off season too, like going back to the, the point we made about kind of stepping up to big time football. One of the reasons why I chose West Point over other schools school is because we were playing actual D1 football in, in a conference. And I knew that if I wanted to play, I was gonna have to, you know, first of all, I was a little bit undersized as a linebacker, I was a, a weak side linebacker in that four three scheme. Um, and if I wanted to play, I was gonna have to take advantage of, you know, the the skills and strength that I had. And it wasn't my overall size. So um I think that was the other thing, just kind of how you mentally prepare and how I mentally prepared uh change from that kind of plea to yuck year. Um and then I think uh I think the last thing um was just you know i think it's like you're you're going into each game like you're studying for you know this final like a test right and you only get one chance to pass it and so just the the level of pressure increases but i think you know how you deal with that pressure uh, I think determines ultimately how you end up performing on the field. Um, and then guys like Joe Ross, who were our, uh, kind of um, sports psychologists at the time made a big difference as well. Uh, that was just kind of coming in to the team. And so again, I think our mental preparation made uh, made a huge difference as well. Um, and then, you know, I think the last thing is like having this kind of attitude about you, you know, like knowing that kind of you are having this feeling of that you belong on this field um and kind of like that kind of confidence kind of wash away any type of um nerves that you might have um as well so i think that's how i approached it and that's how my approach changed from my freshman of sophomore year because
0: yeah, i was going to ask like um that first start that you get your your memories of that first start and that's going to be a lot of pride not only for you but you talk talk about when your dad's up in the stand filming your you know filming your highlights in your high school. You t- Days that's got to be a proud moment for your family too, and just you know, uh just just getting that chance to, to to play on a regular basis, and then you know not only play on a regular basis but make an impact and and be a pretty important part of the Black Knights' defense.
1: Absolutely, I, I can actually remember my first start. It was my my sophomore year. Greg was hurt. I think he had a broken hand or, or something, and I had to. I had to start, or I stepped in for the start, and it was when uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, was a quarterback at UConn, uh, you know, the ESPN commentator now, and, you know, I'm nervous, obviously, but I think I, I was prepared that I could be, and I ended up getting my first sack of my career against Dan uh, at wow. UConn in that game. And when I got that sack, that's when, I, that's when I knew I belonged here. Like, I, you know, I wasn't just an imposter. I could actually play at this level. Um, and that, that, that I think really helped me uh, for the rest of the, that season and also my my junior and senior year when I was um, playing as a starter.
0: Fully, totally. I mean, that's something to remember, right? Because not only it's your first start, it's your first career sack, and then who it's against, you know. I mean, that's that's a trivia question right there, Barrett. That's a trivia question.
1: <laughs> Thanks. If I ever make it a trivia, yeah. uh, that would be a
0: good one to have. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll get that out there. We'll get that out there for sure. We'll get that out there for sure. So talk about um just so your junior and senior years, you know, at that point in time, you know, quite honestly, it's not the easiest time for Army football as far as wins and losses, right? I mean, and just every day – every day every practice every week every game like just preparing and of course you want to win every game right and just what kind of was, was that experience like because you know sometimes you know with, with you see the i i when i covered the team you know uh, as a beat writer you know that was that was a i started tough. in tw- tw- 2007 right mm. i started in 2007 mm. so i mean that was a time where it was still tough and like you know, sometimes, you know, people are like, what are you going to write about today? You know, he didn't want to always write about like the bad things and the and the losing and that kind of stuff you want to. And that's why yeah. finding, you know, stories like yourself. And there's always a story with an army football player, right? And there's always right. a guy who has an interesting path and in how he's worked to get there. And you just see all the hard work you guys put in there, put into the games. Yeah. And to see it, I mean, when you do, when those wins come and, it has to be uh, pretty uh, to come to fruition about proof, you know that. Hey, we can do this. Yeah, we can win at this level, and now find a way to win on a consistent basis, right? So,
1: yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a grind, you know. It's a grind, and it's it's easy, um, especially late in the season. It's easy to lose faith and to uh, um, make excuses, right? So, it's it's a grind. Uh, I think as a leader of the team, keep the team motivated keep the faith, keep pushing the hope, keep working. Um, it's it's hard, it's one of probably, when I, th- if I think about my leadership experiences, it's probably one of the tougher things that uh, we've ever had to do, or I've ever had to do. I would also say, you know, if I think about kind of the first half of my army football career, freshman and sophomore year versus my, my kind of second half, the first half, historic losses, 0 and 13, a couple of wins my sophomore year, then we get into my junior season season and we're probably putting up like four or five wins a season. And so I think for us, we had a little bit different of a mentality. It's like we can see this thing turning. Right? We can we can see this thing inside that locker room, uh, inside those meeting rooms, we had the belief and we could we could see we had the potential and we could see it turning. Even though it was only a couple of wins, you know, four or five wins, <clears throat> it was still more than we had in my freshman and sophomore year. So like that's what really gave us a belief and that's what we're uh, holding on to. I also think you have talking about Mumford uh, before, you know, um, being on defense. I think just Mumford made a world difference on our our defensive schemes and strategy. I think once he came on board... On the defensive side, at least, I can't speak too much about the offensive side, but sure. he really, I think, instilled a whole new level of confidence in, into the guys uh, on that defense. We believed him. We trusted in him. We, we wholeheartedly knew he was going to put us in the right position. Uh, and so I, I think that's what kept us going. And I think, you know, it's kind of like a golf for me. I'm a terrible golfer, but every now and then I get a few good shots, you know. Uh it's kind of like that my my junior season season. So we had really like flashes of brilliance, right? So Iowa State junior season, Friday night lights uh, at Mikey. They I think were ranked top 20 at the time, probably like 2021 or something like that. Nobody thought we were gonna even send a chance against this team. And we took them down to the wire, right? Uh I mean it was a tough game. We were leading probably for most of the game up until like the third quarter, late third quarter. Um, and so like it was like those moments where those are the things that you kind of hold on to as proof that you can play at this level i think our challenge was you know consistency and some other things i think a lot of the changes that were made post um my time around how the team prepares in the summer uh, a lot of things that mumford has done has made a world of difference um and so no i think it's, it's a grind but if you hold on to the things um that kind of keep the faith and it's the brotherhood it's the the belief in yourselves and your teammates it's the belief that you've gone to this level um and you just keep fighting and i think that's the the army mentality
0: yeah no doubt and um yeah i haven't got a chance to talk to you about bobby ross and what it was like to to play for good old br you know i mean uh you hear you hear you hear some stories and like but then you have an nfl uh you know coach come in and take over an army so i don't know if um Things were ran kind of at that level when he came in, but I know you know some things were changed, like scheme wise and stuff like that. And yeah. just what what it was like uh, playing playing for for Bobby Ross in, in, in your last few.
1: Yeah, it was it was amazing. Bobby is a is a great man, person, coach, long illustrious career. Uh, he knows football, right? Um, and I think one of his best things was just simply being around him and hearing his stories about Junior Seau and Barry Sanders and all the guys, all the, the legends that he coached. He definitely took an NFL approach, I think, to uh, scheming and preparation, um, locker room management, et cetera. Um, I think he just built a great staff too. Uh, I think that's ultimately, I think, what made the difference as well. He had a, a really good staff, uh, really talented coaches, um that elevated our game um that really did help us actually although it didn't feel like it it seemed like it on the on the scoreboard or, or in the records uh wins and loss columns but we had a I think coaching staff that really helped us up our game and prepared us i think you know to try to compete and win each each week
0: i wish that um maybe he got a little bit more time at west point you know i know that he just decided to step you know step down step away from football and i wish that there was a little bit more of bobby ross and what in the west point um his football history, you know, because he, he, like you said, he was a, he is very knowledgeable, Um, you know, won the national championship for, for heaven's sake, you know, so right, I mean, right. he knew what he was talking about. And like, yeah. like you say, when you get together a group of coaches, um, the staff that he brings together, you know, and I just, uh, maybe, I don't even know if more success would have kept him there. I just think it was probably his time that he just felt it was time to step away, you know? Yeah. And um. But um man he, he, sometimes you forget that Bobby Ross was a coach at West Point. You know Jeff Munkin's been there now. I think it's going to be his 10th year at West Point. It's in a right end great. Yeah. yeah, I mean how many army coaches have lasted 10 years at West Point? And I mean it doesn't happen too often. Um I, I you know my memory's off this morning. I mean Bob Sutton was around for a while, right? Bob Sutton yeah. was around for a while, but yeah. I mean you don't really this Munkin era is something different. So um
1: I agree. I, I
0: totally agree. Yeah, do you um, do you have a, a like a a service academy uh, football experience that you could share, or like a, either an Army, Navy, or an Army Air Force? Some uh, moment that that comes to mind when you think about it, or
1: oh, absolutely! Look, Army Air Force. Uh, this was, I think, oh, the oh four oh five season, um, and we're playing in Colorado Springs at Air Force. Um, at this point you know, we had lost to them numerous times in the past. So we come in, I think this is the, my first year as a starter. This is my first year starting my junior season. Um, And we beat Air Force in in Colorado Springs. And we hadn't won an Air Force in probably, definitely not that decade. Probably not until like the the mid nineties. So it's been a long time. I forget the exact date, but I mean, I think, between like Cincinnati that win and then air force is like, it was just one of those things where it's cathartic. You work so hard. I mean, I, I haven't cried many times in my life. Like maybe getting married, birth of my children, beating air force at home was one of those times. It was just emotional. Um, And it's to your point, like in those seasons where it's a grind and you know, you're not on the winning side of the the win loss record or column uh, that win in air force meant, meant everything. Uh, it was it was amazing. Um, it was tough. We had Scott Wesley as one of our running backs, just pounding it away. Him and Carlton Jones in the backfield, uh, really putting they it. Tell uh, the
0: backfield, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty
1: good backfield. Uh, we had guys on defense. It was me, Kaysen, uh, Caleb Campbell was our safety at the time. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Thompson at the end. I mean, it was a, it, we we had a good um, team, and we felt really good about that team. Um, too bad we. I mean, we wanted more success the rest of the year, but we felt really good about that team.
0: I remember I was doing some like um, backup beat writing at that at that time. And I remember Brandon Thompson having a big game at Air Force. And I remember Mm -hmm. talking to him like I think the week after or something like that. Um, You know what, too? It's different. Like Air Force, Army, um, Army, Navy is different, right? Air Force, you're actually you're playing at your home stadium in these games. You're playing at their stadium in these games. And, you know, they just, I don't know. Steve Anderson talks about this a lot on this podcast. There's just not a, a real uh, like for Air Force too much. There's a respect for Navy, but there's come almost like a hatred for Air Force, you know. And it's just like when you can get that dub at their place. I mean, that's pretty. That's you know, that's that's good stuff. Couldn't say better
1: myself. Completely agree.
0: Yeah, I mean that's good stuff. Um, so real real quick, let's get to life outside of life once you graduate the academy and. Yeah. uh you know, maybe your service time and what that that was like for you? Because a lot of times when you talk to former Army football players, they say, you know, what they learned at West Point, what they learned on the football field translate to their service time as officers. Was that true for you?
1: Yeah, spot on. I mean, I think everything around... Uh, leading, motivating teams, the, the preparation and how you prepare uh, for any situation that goes up into it, the training that is required to be successful, uh, all those things uh, from from Army football I carried uh, with myself into the Army and also into the private sector. So I, I graduated in 07. Um, I actually got to stay around a little bit as a graduate assistant. Um, so I was there uh, probably for, you know, nine or so months after I, after I commissioned. Uh, Myself, I think Case and Schroed was there, John Conn, a few other guys. Um, And then after that, I commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Air Defense Artillery. So I finished up my graduate assistant time, went out to El Paso, Texas, uh, and went to my um, advanced uh, training course uh, out there. It was assigned after that to a training battery, uh, spent about a year or so there as an XO, got to go over to ranger school came back and then uh joined as an EXO at a, at a patriot uh, missile defense unit uh there in el paso we deployed um shortly thereafter uh we were doing a, a rotation into um, kuwait and qatar so deployed over as an EXO. spent some time in kuwait um we, the the battalion commander was going through a bit of a transition and so i actually got to take command of a of a company or a battery while I was overseas um, and moved down to Qatar and took command of a Patriot Missile Defense Battery down there. I guess up there um brought that unit back it's odd you know i was a very young captain at the time i had just pinned on captain actually i hadn't gone wow. through any of the some of the career course things yet and so very very kind of odd experience for me to be able to kind of jump in and, and take over a, a unit and do that um brought them home stayed with the unit for about another year or so and in 2012 i decided to make the transition um from the from the army and into the private sector loved my time I would say battery command was the pinnacle of that. It was just the best job. It was hard, it was challenging. Um, um, Probably still one of the most challenging leadership experiences that I've been through, but uh, rewarding to work with young men and women. Um, I I think I learned a lot uh, as well about myself as a person, as a leader, as a man, Um, but decided it was time for me to, I think, move on um, and pursue a career in the private sector. So from there, it was like 2012 at that time is when I made that transition. And I was looking around at different jobs uh, in the private sector and ultimately landed at Citigroup. Um, they were just building or launching a military uh, officer development program. And the guy that was launching it was a former West Point grad, guy named John Tian. Um, phenomenal person, first captain, Rhodes scholar uh, did tours in national security, um, uh, in the Obama and Bush administration. So like just phenomenal person. He really is the kind of the main person that convinced me to join Citigroup. And so I made the jump, joined Citigroup, did consumer banking there in a credit card business for, for a long time, for about six years, went to business school, uh, kind of in between all that, got married, had a family, things like that. And then, uh, ended up joining, uh, SoFi, uh, about four years ago. And, um, you know, so most of my career has been in consumer financial services, done a variety of things across that, um, led big teams, smaller teams, launched new products, but I've really kind of taken everything that I learned as a, as a leader, uh, from the military in West Point, and just applied that to think how I operate and work in the private sector.
0: Yeah. You know, if anybody's, if any, um, army football players right now will watch this uh, podcast or listen to this podcast, or if any um, high school, you know, so-called, you know, the prospects and stuff, you know, I know a lot of, sometimes the recruiting and then after graduation talks about networking, right? And talks about like that army football, that West Point network, right? And when you get out of um serving time and you go to your first job and there's a, a decorated right West Point grad that wants you on their quote team, right? Yeah. That wants you yeah. on their team. I mean that's 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 pretty much proof right there that that that's what west point's all about because people say you know why you go to what well some got, some prospects will be like well i'm going for the education right i'm going it's it's a four it's not four years it's the 40 years right that's it's right. a that that kind of, and you're 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 kind of proof of that right where you saw that kind of right and happen right in, in in front of you and that that's that's got that's really neat to see to hear that story and see that hey And I mean, even at SoFi, right, you had, there was Army, there was Army West, there was West Point connections there too, right? So I mean, there was, you know, so I mean, now I don't know what, what what are you up to now? And is there any kind of like connection? Are you connected still to West Point um, through what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. So first of all, completely agree. Uh, The network um, is one of the most valuable things. There are a ton of things about the West Point experience that are valuable, but that is one of, I think the most important things um, is that shared experience, you know, you know what you're getting from a West Point graduate, you know, the type of work ethic, perseverance, grit, intelligence, all of that stuff that you're going to get. Um, it's, it's, it's like a known entity. Uh, so completely agree. Uh, a lot of West Point connections through my career, to your point, John, uh, at, at Citigroup. Uh, at Sofi, um, you know, for those who don't know, Sofi, the CEO is Anthony Noto, uh, who was also a West Point uh, Army football player uh, as well. I didn't join Sofi because of Anthony or because of that connection, but it was certainly helpful. <laughs> it did not didn't hurt yeah. my chances for sure. Um, but uh, no, that's right. It's it's the network, um, and it's you know this this. Um, And I think even more so for the brotherhood, too, honestly, Uh, it's that you you can always reach out to somebody and ask for help. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, they're going to guarantee you a job necessarily or doesn't mean they're going to give you handouts. But it means that, you know, they're going to uh, um, put you in a position to succeed um, for yourself. And I think that's really what's what's helped me as well. Um, So, yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: It's really all you can ask for, right? Hey, um, are you in a position right now where you're hiring people? Are your your advice? Because I mean, ha- have you been in a position ever that you had to maybe hire a West Point grad or no, or hire somebody that you know with with, with a connection there or no?
1: I have. Um, so right now, I'm the general manager uh, for one of Sofi's businesses, um, and you know the team is mighty and strong. Uh, But we're not growing at that point at this point in time. So I'm not in a position right now to hire. But in the past, we have, I've certainly been in in a position to advise folks on um, Mm -hmm. navigating the interview process. Um, I unfortunately have not had the good fortune of hiring or the ability to hire West Point grad on my team directly, just kind of Mm -hmm. timing and circumstances. Uh, But. Whenever somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn or kind of emails me out of the blue, I'm always jumping on a phone call, having a conversation and helping that person navigate the process uh, to the best to the best that I can.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Army Football Brotherhood lives strong, right? I mean, you graduate there and it's still down the road. I mean, when Steve talks about the connections, I mean, it's crazy. And the guys that are playing now are are, are connected to, to you. Okay. To you too. I mean, when you see uh, a big a big play by an John Marshall or like a, right. a a Tyrell Robinson, right? It's got to be pretty cool to be. Um, I'm sure you. I'm sure you follow the team still, and uh, it's got to be pretty cool to see some of the successes that they've had in the Jeff Munkin era, and maybe what the future holds. And now who knows what's going to happen with this new offense. And if they're going to go shotgun and go away from the triple, we could talk about that on another, day, you know, <laughs> another date, but it's gotta be pretty exciting just to see like, you know, where the program's at right now and Love seeing, uh, you know, where it could go. So to speak,
1: proud of the team, proud of what uh, coach Munkin, I think has uh, built uh, with the program. They're proud of the guys that are continuing to fight every single weekend and work their butts off. Uh to to go compete for for people like us who are who love the team and love the program and want to see them win. So just so incredibly proud uh, I think of where this team is right now and just excited to see what happens in the future. you know, I think to your point, it's gonna be a big change. Uh, but changes are, are necessary and good sometimes, but maybe hard. Uh, so I'm excited to see
0: what the future holds. I, I can't wait to see like Army at lSU this season, you know oh, I I, mean? That's I'm gonna excited. Be- that's going to be great. That's been a great, uh, you know, let's see if they can give LSU a run and who knows, I mean, you know, that's what's missing in the Jeff Munkin resume right now, win over a big power five school. And there's some opportunities uh, this season coming up and man, they're getting back at it soon now on the 22nd of March. I'd be excited to follow. Um, Guys, you could catch that stuff on our website, blacklightnation.com. But it's been great to have Barrett Scruggs on here today. Barrett, man, it, it flew by. I'm sure there's more stuff we could talk about, but really appreciate you taking the time this morning to join us. And, man, it, w- it was a lot, a lot of fun talking to you and reconnecting. And, uh, really appreciate you hopping on today.
1: I appreciate you letting me relive some old memories from my playing days. So thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and I appreciate it. Looking forward to the season and seeing more of your content throughout the, uh, the year.
0: Yeah, happy to do it um pro days coming up uh next week for Andre Carter and a couple guys at West Point we'll have coverage there guys again check out our website blacknightnation.com, check out our YouTube channel um subscribe to our YouTube channel give this uh definitely with Barrett this this Barrett podcast give this one a thumbs up um on YouTube if you're watching and uh check out our podcast audio podcast too and appreciate it again uh we'll be back soon thanks for joining us uh, Barrett uh, again have a have a good one
1: Thanks a lot, Sal. You too.